watch their faces when they have to deal with this issue publicly. They have paid a price. Oh. Are we in kindergarten? They had to make sad faces. This is just pissing me off. Before we get to our weekly bashing of Major League Baseball here on Unscripted, we do have some very important breaking news on this 466th episode of our little program. Welcome, Mike and Chris, with you. Uh, breaking news from this afternoon from the National Hockey League. They lost the game 4-3, to but Alexander Ovechkin scores goal number 700 for the Washington Capitals today and again in their 4-3 to loss to the New Jersey Devils. And that puts Alex Ovechkin 194 goals behind the great one, Wayne Gretzky, uh, for the all-time leader in the National Hockey League in the history of the NHL in regard to goals scored. And uh, Ovechkin gets number 700 today in uh, his team's 4-3 to loss to the New Jersey Devils. Congratulations to Alex Ovechkin. And as Chris has said here many times on this program, and I truly believe it, if he stays healthy, being only 34 years old, he may look like he's 54, but being only 34 years old, I truly believe now that Ovechkin will. If Gretzky believes it, then we got to believe it because... I just think when the greatest says something like that and says, oh, oh yeah, he's going to make it, I, you got to believe him. If he stays healthy, um, I think Ovechkin does ultimately catch Wayne Gretzky uh, on top of the National Hockey League goal-scoring list when it's all said and done. Yeah, and the important thing to note here is that he is not only one of the few to get to 700, he is the second fastest to ever get to 700, which again, I say it all the time, he's the only one on that list, or any of the top lists, who his entire career was with against good goalies with big equipment. And to do it second fastest is just, like, it's... I can't convey what an impressive accomplishment that is. That is unbelievable. I mean, he would have had a thousand already if he was playing in the 80s. Like, seriously. I mean, it's just ridiculous how his shot is. It's just so incredible. And for him to be second fastest is unreal. He's going to beat Gretzky unless something catastrophically happens, uh, you know, to him. Unless some catastrophe happens to him physically. He's he's got it. And that's it. And he's the greatest goal scorer ever adjusted for error era. He can't uh, touch Wayne Gretzky when it comes to assists or points, not even close, but as a pure goal scorer, yes, he's the best. And also, before we get started uh, on bashing with on baseball today here on Scripted, I do want to make note, and this is for Pittsburgh Steelers fans, um, actually it was today, earlier today, but um, I forgot to mention it in earlier episodes, Ben Roethlisberger has started throwing footballs again with his surgically repaired right elbow. And uh, for all the people like me that were making fun of guys like, uh, oh, Duck Hodges or whatever the hell his name was, and Mason Rudolph, who's now more famous for for uh, getting into the tussle back in November with Miles Garrett, really good news for Pittsburgh Steelers fans, the organization, and everybody involved. Ben Roethlisberger has resumed throwing footballs again. That is good news moving forward for not only the Pittsburgh Steelers, but for the National Football League as well. I truly believe that. 
as we welcome you again to this 466th episode of Unscripted. And now what has become almost something I look forward to as we get together once a week and do our weekly uh, shows here on Unscripted. Mike and or Chris and I get together and, and uh, you know, talk whatever we want to talk about here on Unscripted. But this fallout from this Major League Baseball scandal with this sign-stealing bullshit has just taken on a life of its own. And, um, you know, the funny thing is here, what is Commissioner Idiot? That's his new name, Manfred. What's Commissioner Idiot doing about this? We haven't heard about the results of the Boston Red Sox scandal yet, about their form of, and their participation maybe is a better word, in this sign-stealing scenario. We've, we've been waiting for it now for two weeks. The Red Sox finally, before this, the opening of spring training camp last week in Fort Myers, Florida, had to, they had to, they had to hire Ron Renneke, but they had to put the interim tag on him because they don't really know what's going on in Boston. Because uh, I, can, I can't imagine that it would be obviously as bad as what the Houston Astros are going through, but my God, who knows? And if it's, you know, Two weeks ago was supposed to come out. Then last week it was supposed to come out. Then this was supposed to be, you know, come on, Manfred, pull your head out. Get out, get out the findings. Let us know what the Boston Red Sox penalty is going to be. But the the fallout again from this Astros sign stealing stuff never ends. Uh A's pitcher Mike F- Mike Fires. He was the whistleblower that started all these shenanigans. He has been receiving death threats for his role in this. Commissioner Idiot then comes out and says, and I quote, we will take every possible step to protect Mike Fires wherever he is playing, whether it's in Houston or somewhere else, end quote. I heard this week that uh, Astros uh, right fielder, what's his name, Josh Reddick, he's had threats where guys and I'm not, I don't know if it's guys or girls, people sending him notes on his Twitter account saying, I want to kill you, I want to kill your wife, and I want to kill all your kids. Because he was involved because in this sign-stealing stealing thing, this fan wants to kill his whole family. Um, I thought it was hilarious this week. when <laughs> Sad, but still funny. Um, Major League Baseball players obviously have been quite vociferous in their beliefs that the Astros players... And I and I truly believe this too. Come on, guys. Come on, Manfred. Giving immunity so you can get more information and then absolving the players some kind of form of punishment? Who was out executing the game plan here? The players were. Why isn't Altuve in trouble? Why isn't Bregman in trouble? Why isn't uh, Carlos Correa, the shortstop, why isn't he in trouble? Um, I think it's funny when Braves right fielder Nick Markakis says, and I quote, I believe that every single guy over there needs a beating, end quote. That's beautiful. That's wrestling stuff. Let's get him into the squared circle and let him beat the shit out of him. Um, this is funny too. We were all thinking about Chris and I, at least, and I only think of Chris and I. We, we live in our own universe and the rest of you can go screw yourselves. Only kidding. We'll allow Ryan in too. We'll allow Greg in too. Um, that's about it. Um, we were talking about what's it going to be like the first time the Astros 
or the or the more specifically even the Boston Red Sox going to Yankee Stadium. Well, after Marquez says, I believe that every single guy over there, meaning in the Astros camp, needs a beating. Well, the Astros and the Braves play against each other in Grapefruit League action on March 10 and 12th. So start watching for that. We might have our first brawl come March the 10th when the Astros and the Braves play each other in Grapefruit League in Grapefruit League play. Before I get great before I get Chris involved, there's one other thing that I find just hilarious. New Boston Red Sox catcher Jonathan Lucroy, who coincidentally enough has played the last 3 years with the Texas Rangers. He played with the Rangers in 17. He played with the Los Angeles Angels in 18 and played last year for the Oakland A's. The three other teams that reside in the AL West besides the Houston Astros. Luke Roy says that, and I quote, I changed the signs with my pitcher on every pitch when playing against the Astros, end quote. Jonathan Luke Roy has known for three years this bullshit's been going on. And he adjusted, and that led, we talk about, you and I have talked about many times on this program about baseball needing a pitch, a pitch count or whatever, a clock between pitches. Well, Luke Roy comes out and says this, and he says, just candidly, having to do this made the games much, much longer in duration. I don't know. This situation is not going to die this season. Um, I originally thought that this was going to be a painful year for the Houston Astros exclusively. I have to change my thinking a little bit here because... There are a lot of guys on the Houston team that are playing for different teams now. Mike Fires being one of them. Dallas Keuchel being another one. Um, who's the guy? Gonzalez in Minnesota. He played Marvin Gonzalez, I believe his name is. He was a super utility guy on that 17 Astros World's Championship team. He in Minnesota has apologized for his role in this thing. There are a lot of guys spread out around the league that played for the Houston Astros in 17, 18, or 19, but they're going to be guilty by association. This is going to be a freaking long year in Major League Baseball, and not probably for a good way, but there's going to be a lot of long games this year because there's going to be fights, there's going to be beanings, there's going to be a little bit of everything, and my God, I really believe If you weren't a fan of the WWE before, you're going to get an indoctrination this year on Major League Baseball fields around the league because anybody that was associated with the Houston Astros or the Boston Red Sox the last three years, there is going to be hell to pay. And I can't... You know what? In a really sick, weird way, this might be the one thing baseball's looking for to get some viewership back in the games just because people are going to want to watch guys get the crap kicked out of them the first, oh, I don't know, the first half of the season before maybe it slows down a little bit. I don't know. Your comments. This all reminds me of a bit that Joe Rogan did in one of his stand-up specials where he says, you know when you were a kid and you thought there were real adults, you thought that they they knew what was going on and they you know they were confident, they were mature and everything, and and then one day you're in the grocery line, you're in you're in line at the checkout at the grocery store, and the person working the till says, "Oh, okay, uh, hello, Mr. Rogan or whatever," and you're like, "Wait a minute, I'm 25. 
and they're calling me Mister. Wait a minute, does that are are there no real adults? Are were people faking it this whole time? And we thought there were real adults, and there weren't. There's just people who get to a certain age, and now you call them Mister, and you assume no, oh no, that like it's 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 a terrifying thing. And that's what I kind of alluded to earlier with, you know, the complete lack of leadership in Canadian politics or baseball or whatever else. There's just zero leadership. There's zero competence. There's zero being an adult. It's, it's uh, it, you know, I want to bash it. And we have definitely bashed baseball here in the last week. But it, it at some point, it becomes just disappointing, the incompetence and just the this, the complete lack of action of any meaningful sense there's so much wrong with Rob Manfred. Um, and the biggest thing that he did wrong in the last week or so was when he called the World Series trophy a piece of metal. Thank you. I was just going to say he, that. Like, that is... there. There's mistakes you can make. Like, if you... Even, even when Goodell messed up and gave Ray Rice two games, you know, all of a sudden, then the video comes out and he adjusts it to say, okay, like, you probably should have given more games to begin with and then you had to when everyone saw the video of him uppercutting his wife or yeah. girlfriend in the elevator. You had to. But at least if you kind of make a mistake and you correct it, okay, like, we make mistakes. That's okay. Some mistakes you can make, especially if you correct them. But there's certain things where there is no circumstance where this mistake is excusable. You can't ever if you have anything to do with baseball, but especially if you're the commissioner or the commissioner of any sport, doesn't matter what you do. If you're the NFL, you say that the Super Bowl is the biggest thing there is. If you're in charge of the NHL, you if you, if you don't want to come off like, uh, you know, like you're just full of it and you're self-interested, you come up with a different way to say it. Like what the NHL you'll often hear, they'll say is this is the toughest trophy to win. Mm-hmm. Like they'll say, you, they know they're not going to get as many viewers as the Super Bowl, but they're going to say it's the toughest to win. Or you say it's the most prestigious or you say it's the old, like you say something to make it special, but it always has to be special. Nothing. You don't have a job if the World Series trophy doesn't mean anything. Nothing means anything. There is no Major League Baseball if the trophy doesn't mean anything. That is a mistake that can never, ever, ever, ever be made under any circumstances, period. As soon as you make a mistake like that, you need to be fired because there is no excuse for it whatsoever. To call it a piece of metal, and I know he retracted his statement, but it just shows what a clueless buffoon, empty suit this idiot is. And you can't ever, ever make that mistake Ever. On top of that, speaking of stupid executives involved with this, and I knew it, you could tell by how unprepared Jim Crane was at the press conference and how arrogant he was as well that he didn't appreciate what was going on at all. So Bob Clappish at Bob Clapp said, reported this. He's a great writer. Oh, is he? Okay, good. He said, one MLB executive says he was, quote, not shocked at how poorly Astros have handled current crisis. Jim Crane was warned about the coming storm, urged to gather his players to prepare for industry reaction and media questions. Crane passed on the idea, said, quote, it'll blow over by spring training, right? So that's why you get... And here's the other thing on top of all this. If Rob Manfred had taken meaningful action, if he stripped them of the World Series, he suspended them all for a year, banned them all from Hall of Fame, whatever. If he just, like, crushed them, right? Then... Even people who hate that they cheat and hate them, no one's really going to do anything. They might go to the park, they might boo them, they might laugh and point at them. But that's it. You're not going to get anything. Nobody's going to at that point. You've had your release. Like, nobody's going to then, you know, very few people are going to bother with any sort of death threats or anything like that. Because it's like, okay, they got their ass handed to them. They lost everything they gained, their ill-gotten gains from cheating. So I don't need to pile on anymore. But when you 
do it as badly as possible. When you're Rob Manfred, you don't punish them and you give them immunity. And then you say, oh, we're going to try and protect you. And we're going to, there's no retribution allowed or we'll go. So you're, you're threatening to punish people. Number one, you're threatening to punish people who are only trying to punish the cheaters because you won't punish the cheaters, but you'll punish, punish on otherwise innocent people. So that's wrong. And on top of all that, you're an asshole. <laughs> so <laughs> so it, it's just, it's crazy to me how poorly this has been handled. It could not have been worse. The Astros couldn't have been worse. Manfred couldn't have been worse. Crane should lose the team. The Astros should lose the World Series. And Manfred lo should lose his job. Period. End of story. No other opinions are valid. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have to add anything to that other than I was going to say in regard to Commissioner uh, Idiot Boy Manfred that when you use the term a piece of metal in regard to the what they're playing for every year in Major League Baseball, the World Series trophy, when you refer to that as a piece of metal, that should have been a fireable offense right there. All 30 or 31 or how many members of Major League Baseball there are. I don't even know what the number is. I think it's 31 now. I think there's one more team in the American League than the National League, but I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. Rob Manfred works for the owners of Major League Baseball. Now, moving forward, they should exclude Jim Crane for anything that, that, that requires brain capacity in regard to decision-making. They should exclude Jim Crane. But minus Jim Crane, the other owners in Major League Baseball should have at least asked for, if not demanded, the resignation of Rob Manfred right then and there. When you, whether it's the Vince Lombardi Trophy in the National Football League or the Stanley Cup, for God's sake, in the National Hockey League, or if it's the trophy or the Lawrence O'Brien Trophy in the NBA and whatever they call the, the baseball trophy, whatever it is, when you take a shot like that at what they're playing for, and they're putting in all the time, the blood, sweat, and tears, when they're putting all that effort into winning that trophy, and one of the commissioners calls it a piece of metal, that should have been the last day of Rob Manfred's employment by Major League Baseball, in my opinion. Yeah, anything inexcusable has to be dealt with as harshly as possible. That was inexcusable. Giving immunity made no sense. You have the leverage, and now you give it up for no reason. Like, these guys need to read Trump's books or something. Like, I don't know. They they don't know how to negotiate in the most basic sense. It's shocking. Uh, as a preview of Free Forum Friday, which will be our next episode, I want to just tie this off with a few good tweets I saw here. Uh, our old buddy Jose Canseco at Jose Canseco had a couple good ones. A lot of people have said this, and this is true. It's a huge advantage to know which pitch is coming. If I had the choice between using PEDs and knowing which pitch was coming, I would pick knowing what pitch was coming. Well, for sure. And everybody said that Mike Trout said that that would be so much fun to play where you knew what pitch was coming. Uh, Jose Canseco also said, I am ready to be baseball's next commissioner. And... The, as funny as that is, he would be better than Rob Manfred by default. I bet he would actually do something once in a while. And it's so funny to think about, of all people, Jose Canseco, but uh, he would be better. Anyone would be better. Like, how could you be worse? I, I'm, I'm pretty creative. I don't know a way to be worse than Rob Manfred. Like, uh, pull a Sandusky on some people, maybe. Like, that's all yeah, that's yeah. left. That's yeah. all that's left. Uh, well, you'd be a better commissioner than Manfred. Well, jeez. Oh, uh, Dan, so would you, so would anybody, uh, Dan Federico at Dan J Federico, 
I never want to call for anyone's job, but Manfred handled the entire ordeal in literally the worst way possible, what we just said. If it wasn't the punishment, it was the first press conference. If it wasn't the first, it was the second. He should not be MLB's commissioner any longer. Mike Trout, Cody Bellinger, and Aaron Judge all spoke out in a major way against the Astros and their cheating scandal and how Manfred handled it. Arguably, the three biggest players in the entire sport are, shit, right. are shitting on the commissioner. Not a good look for him. And Dan at Dan Clark Sports, I like this. Here's how to effectively deal with the Astros. Take back the World Series title. Suspend all players involved 50 games. Strip their individual awards from 2017. Loss of draft picks for two years. Ineligible for 2020 postseason. It's not that fucking hard. Set a damn example. Well, I'm going to take it one step further. Let's go back to 2011. And obviously, again, Mike's going back to Wisconsin. But in 2011... Our right fielder at the time of the Milwaukee Brewers, Ryan Braun, got 65 games for steroids. Okay? Let's start with that number with Altuve and Bregman and Correa and anybody else involved with this. Maybe we bring up the whole AAA wherever. The Fres- I think, I think, I'm not sure. Well, no, excuse me. Houston's AAA team is in Round Rock, Texas. So we'll bring up the whole Round Rock team and let them play for 65 games. If you're going to hand out 65 games to Ryan Braun for shooting shit up his ass, then why aren't we giving a minimum of 65 games to all these yahoos? I would love to see. Here's my argument right here. And I, and I, I have said this on this program. I am not a fan of the Los Angeles Angels, but I am a huge fan of Mike Trout. I think he is. And Chris just mentioned it, along with Bellinger, the Dodgers, and Judge of the Yankees. But I still think Trout is number one. you got to find a place in there for Christian Yelich of the Milwaukee Brewers. And his numbers put him there, not me putting him there. But what I'm saying is, can you imagine the numbers that Mike Trout would put together if he knew what pitch was coming? You want somebody to hit over 400 for the first time since Ted Williams did it in 1941 when he hit 406. Well, you keep giving Mike Trout and Christian Yelich and Cody Bellinger and Aaron Judge, you allow them to know what pitch is coming by the you know t- pounding of a trash can, somebody's going to hit 406. I swear to God. Oh, if, if Pete Rose knew what pitch was coming for 20 years, he would have batted 800. If Pete Rose knew his number is 4,256 career hits and he's not in the Hall of Fame. If Pete Rose knows what pitch is coming... Pete Rose has 6,000 hits. Oh, easily. Oh, 6,000 hits. For 20, oh, easily. Not even a question. 6,000 hits. Not even a question. So, all I'm saying is that, to me, this is worse, and I've said it before, but I'll say it again. You know how much Chris and I are not fans of Rafael Pomero, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Jose Commissioner Canseco, and the rest of our... Uh, ass, ass beaten guys. Okay. The guys that take it up the poop chute. Well, not literally, but I'm, I'm going a little, but you know what I'm doing. Um, take all those guys that basically have been banned from inclusion into the hall of fame because the writers have the power and they are pissed off at them. Well, I'm telling you something right now, folks, you got to rethink your thoughts about this because as I've said, I don't want to sound repetitive, but it needs to be talked about again. If you're basically banning all those aforementioned numbers, and I still think to this day that the all-time leading home run hitter is Hank Aaron at 755 and not uh, butt-chin Barry uh, Bonds at 762, there's no way, but you have to include 
the steroid guys, if you're not going to punish these guys for what they're doing and the sign-stealing crap that's going on now. I really believe that. And I don't think, not. and we've said this before, Crane should lose his organization. Altuve should lose the 27 MVP. Um, uh, depending on what they find, what the Red Sox have done, the Red Sox need to be have lost their 2018 World Series championship if it's anything close to what the Astros have done. But it's really sad for me to say, but the steroid era takes pales in comparison to what this potentially has done, well, what we know it has done and what potentially it could do with future ramifications to Major League Baseball because of these yahoos from Houston. Yeah, because the steroid era, as bad a look as it was for Major League Baseball, I don't think it really led to, you know, it, it, you know, to the end of baseball. The 94 uh, work stoppage was uh, much more damaging, and I think this is much more damaging as well. So as bad as it was, that's how I think that's how you decide which is worse, and this is worse there. The last two things I wanted to say, number one, uh, Phil, Fuh- Phil Hughes at PJ Hughes 45 said, I know this may sound extreme, but I'm curious if the players have considered a work stoppage until real punishments are handed down. That is awesome. And, and that would be a great idea. And this just shows, so on top of everything else we've said about Manfred, uh, you know, I know he's an idiot and he's a hack and he has no idea what he's doing, but I didn't, even I didn't know, and maybe you didn't know that he was this clueless. And maybe you saw this quote, I don't know. But uh, so this was a quote, an actual quote. This is not The Onion. This is an actual quote from Rob Manfred. And he said, I understand people's desire to have the players pay a price for what went on here. Watch their faces when they have to deal with this issue publicly. They have paid a price. Oh, are we in kindergarten? They had to make sad faces. This guy is a fucking piece of shit, Rob Manfred. He is worthless and useless, and he 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 has no clue what's going on. He doesn't. He's clearly been. He must have been a rich guy for a while. He's clearly been insulated from the public for a long time. He just doesn't have his finger on the pulse of anything, and he's he's just completely useless. This is. Oh, they made sad faces. Oh, they they get, you know, unlimited riches and a World Series title and individual accomplishments, and it'll help get them in the Hall of Fame one day. But they had to make sad faces for a couple days. Fuck you, Rob Manfred. You know, the worst comment through this whole thing, and this will be the last thing I say about this uh, on this episode. This is not going to go away, folks. We're mm-hmm. going to be talking about this, and not the games themselves. We're going to be talking about the ramifications and the fights and the beanings, there are going to be some players that get hurt this year. I think that some players are going to take the law into their own hands this year, and I think that there's going to be some there's going to be some yeah, injuries. and it's all Manfred's fault. It's he, all Manfred's fault. If he had fault. done the punishment, but then they wouldn't what? have to. Still, though, through the three weeks or whatever amount of time this has been going on since that quote-unquote apology from Jim Crane, the dumbest thing that still has been said, and Manfred is like 1A, but the dumbest thing that has been said through this whole thing, in my opinion, is Jim Crane comes out and says, I don't think we've done any real damage to the game of baseball. Are you kidding? How dumb are you? He just says it. He just says anything, though. I love when within one within 60 seconds, he said it didn't affect the game. And then he said, I never said it didn't affect right. the game. He said those two things completely contradictory within 60 seconds. Yeah. The guy's just saying whatever. And also the other thing that Manfred said too, was he said that the players would have been penalized, quote, in a perfect world. Yes, they would have, because in a perfect world, you wouldn't be a commissioner. Bingo. There we go. 
Um, I got to talk about something else. This is just pissing me off. Um, a couple of, um, just a couple of things to think about. That's all I'm going to say. A couple of things to think about. Um, the Golden State Warriors made it official as I switch gears to the NBA. Not for a long time, but just real quick. The Golden State Warriors made it official this week when they made the announcement that their all-star shooting guard, Clay Thompson, will not be back this year from his torn ACL that happened last June in the NBA Finals against, uh, who was it? Uh, last year in the NBA Finals, they played the Toronto Raptors. Raptors win game five, I think it was. It doesn't, I don't know. One, one of the games. Um, the game before, of course, Durant blows out his Achilles, and then the next game, um, Clay Thompson blows out his ACL. Now, they are saying that Steph Curry will be back from his broken wrist in early March, but they did make the announcement this week that Clay Thompson will not will not play again this will not play at all this season. He may be ready for July when Team USA goes to training camp, depending on what happens with the Tokyo Olympics. And there was some noise this week coming out of uh, Tokyo that they're a bit they're a little bit more concerned that they're leading on in regard to this coronavirus thing. And stay tuned. We're going to obviously hear more and more about this as we get closer to the opening ceremonies, which are scheduled, I believe, for late July, maybe early August. I don't know. doesn't matter. But I'm, I'm just saying this. For all the people right now that are taking shots at the Golden State Warriors this year because they've been pretty bad, well, you take four All-Stars out of your lineup, you're going to go from really good to really crappy really quick. But next season with a healthy Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, their newest wing on the outside, Andrew Wiggins, they're going to have a top three draft pick for sure. Yeah, yeah. They're going to have a top three draft pick for sure, Amazing. guaranteed in next June's draft. And they're going to have money to go out and go free agent hunting. Can you imagine, folks, take your shots right now at the Golden State Warriors. And I'm telling specifically the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers that have aspirations on winning a title this year, get it done this year. Because I'm telling you, folks, you get Curry, Thompson, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, a top three draft pick in June's draft, and a big-time free agent that they're going to have the money to afford, big-time free agent, and the Golden State Warriors are going to go right back up to the penthouse as soon as this season is over. Oh, Get man. it in now. Milwaukee, L.A. Lakers, L.A. Clippers, whoever thinks that they have a real title shot, and I'm not including the Houston Rockets, with nobody on their roster right now taller than 6'7". That's ridiculous. If you have aspirations on winning an NBA title, do it this year because next year the Golden State Warriors are coming back with a vengeance and they're going to come back to kick all of your asses and anybody that's making fun of the Golden State Warriors this year, they're going to come back next year and they're going to land a whooping on your ass. Yeah, to take a step back for one year and then come back and get... They might get the first or second overall pick here. They could very easily get enough of those ping pong balls to get the first number one oh, pick. Oh, easily, right? And you have that with all the guys coming back and the free agency and everything. It's ridiculous. I am predicting right now... My my prediction is right now that after this year, the Golden State Warriors will win. I, I'm going to say they're going to win four of the next five 
championships. I'm going to say minimum three of the next five if something extra goes wrong. But I'm going to say I predict right now on February 22nd, 2020, I'm going to predict that the Golden State Warriors, not including this year, they're not obviously not winning anything this year, but after this year, so starting with 2021, we'll say the championships from 21, 20, from 2021 to 2025, the Golden State Warriors will win at least three of them, but I'll say four of them. Wow. And you know what? I have no rebuttal. Um, before we get out of here, um, I do need to make mention of this because I really like this guy, and I know you like this guy too. And that's why I'm bringing this up. Current Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator and former Colorado running back, Eric Bieniemy. He has gone back since he played ball in Boulder, Colorado years ago. And the last time that Colorado was any good in football is when they had a quarterback named Cordell Stewart there, and they had a wide receiver named Michael Westbrook there, and they had a running back there by the name of, oh yeah, Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy, the last seven years, has been the offensive coordinator in Kansas City and under Andy Reid. Pretty good gig. Um, he's been interviewed many times for NFL jobs in, in regard to the head coaching position. Never quite worked out. I think a lot of teams, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this quite honestly, this is my opinion, I think a lot of people use Eric Bieniemy to satisfy the Rooney rule in the NFL, which is you need to interview at least one minority candidate. And I think that's a lot of teams have used Eric Bieniemy in that regard because of the color of his skin. I think that's bullshit. In his time since he left Colorado, way back in the early mid to mid mid nineties or so, when he left Colorado to pursue his coaching. Obviously, he thought he was going to play some pro ball, never did. But he's come in to be a, a hell of a good coach. What's going on at Colorado? Um, now, I know Mark D'Antoni started all this crap at Michigan State with just retiring just one day before National Signing Day a couple of weeks ago in major college football. And that, of course, just screwed everything up. Michigan State was desperate to get a guy in there to coach their football team. They talked to a bunch of guys. Um, they ultimately settled, I guess, with former Wisconsin defensive back Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker has been an interim coach at the NFL level for a couple of teams. Jacksonville, for one, I know for sure. He's been the, he was only in Boulder, Colorado for one year. Mel Tucker has been a defensive coordinator in Chicago, off the top of my head, in a couple places. But Mel Tucker was a you know pretty good choice, you know considering that most of the coaches that were hired at different universities were hired right after the season, not in the middle of February. Kind of tough to, to resuscitate a program. But regardless, I want to know what's going on in Colorado because Eric Bieniemy should be a natural connectivity to be the head coach at Colorado with his connections there. Um, I think he's a hell of a good football coach. I think he's a good football man. I think he knows what he's doing. He's obviously learned a lot working for Andy Reid. What the hell's wrong with Colorado? All these people and all these coaches are saying no, poo-poo in Colorado. Last week it was Steve Sarkeesian who didn't want to leave the nest of Nick Saban down in Alabama being his offensive coordinator. He decides to stay in Alabama as the offensive coordinator. Then this week you've got Bienemy staying at Kansas City, and now poor Colorado is down to guys like Brett Bielema from Wisconsin and formerly at Arkansas. I don't know. I, I, 
I know you don't follow college athletics like I do, but you're smarter than I am. I know that. You've known a little bit about what's going on in Colorado. You got any opinions on what's going on? Why does, I mean, I've been to Boulder, Colorado, beautiful part of the world. You'd think that there'd be a, a you know, you're in a big 12, excuse me, now you're in the, you're now you're in the Pac-12 conference. You're in a big power five conference. Uh, Boulder, Colorado is a beautiful part, part of the world, uh, not too far away from Denver. Why doesn't anybody want to coach the Colorado Buffaloes? Anybody know? Yeah, this is, uh, you know, not something I'm an expert on by any means, but I, I think part of the issue is, too, I think they have to decide what type of coach they want to go with because as much as we love Herm Edwards, I'm somewhat surprised that they have done so well with him at Arizona State. I mean, because to me, he's, you know, nowadays everyone wants the newer guys, the advanced analytics, the sabermetrics guys, the young guys. You don't think about hiring an older, you know, more disciplined, raw, raw guy like him. And so I'm I'm happy to see him succeeding, absolutely. But I'm I'm somewhat surprised that it has worked out so well. And I think what they need to do is maybe instead of worrying about the biggest name they can find or trying to even worse, coming up with, you know, any name at all when that might not be a good thing, come up with somebody outside the box, whether it's an older guy who can give a speech that'll make you want to, you know, go to the wall for a guy like Herm Edwards. Like if Herm Edwards came in and gave me a pep talk, I'd be ready to take on the oh, world. Absolutely. I'd do whatever. Like I, you know, like I, I'd be like, yes, yes, sir. You play to win the game. Yes, you do. Right. And so, uh, you know, that's great. But maybe, maybe you go for some unknown guy who's secretly brilliant. Someone right. who, you know, like the Arizona Coyotes did with John Chaco when he was a 26 year old guy with his own analytics firm come up with maybe more of a philosophy than grasping at straws, just trying to find anyone with any sort of name, even if they made their name at Arkansas, because the last time that someone worried about that, we got Jerry Jones owning the Cowboys, and now we know how that's turned out. So don't worry Great about point. that. Yeah, so don't worry about that. Don't worry about if someone was good at Arkansas or not. Just try and find the philosophy you want and try and go for that. And it doesn't matter if the guy's a big name or not. Are they competent enough? Are they qualified enough? How's their resume? How's their interview? And try to maybe think outside the box brilliant as always um you know nick saban didn't start out at alabama and winning five national championships the last 12 years or whatever the hell it is how long he's been in tuscaloosa he started at kent state for christ's sake and then he went to michigan state and that's just as a head coach you, you forget about the times when nick saban in the 1990s was working for bill belichick in cleveland that's the connectivity there then he goes to Kent State. Then he goes to Michigan State. Then he goes to LSU. Then he goes to uh, the pros. That didn't work out so well. But then he finds himself back at Alabama. And that, you know, but I, I totally agree with what Chris just said. Find the guy that you need, regardless of his age, his name recognition, whatever. Find the guy that has paid his dues. Find the guy. I think a natural connectivity. And I've heard this name mentioned. His name is, I believe, Troy Calhoun is the coach at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. Here's a guy that I think would be a good fit for Colorado. He knows the area. He's won at the Air Force Academy, which has, you know, has some limitations on on uh, recruiting there. Because, you know, unlike Johnny Manziel, who couldn't get into the Air Force Academy, you have to have a brain to get into the Air Force Academy. I think a natural connectivity for Colorado 
would be the Air Force Academy's Troy Calhoun from Colorado Springs, Colorado. You know the terrain. You know what you're working up against. I think Chris is exactly right as always. I just think they need to stop worrying about getting a name in here and get somebody that can take your uh, program to heights that they haven't seen since Colorado won the national championship back in, I believe, 90 or 91. It's been a long time. And uh, they're not a blue blood program. They're not a they're not an Alabama. They're not a an Ohio State. They're not a Michigan. But my God, Colorado is a state university and a big time conference. And if you get a guy that knows the law of the land, the lay of the land is a better word. I think that would be better in the long run for the Colorado Buffaloes for goddamn sure. We've got to run on this 466th episode of Unscripted. A lot of good things to talk about, and we've got one more to talk about this week, and it's my favorite of the week, our Freeform Friday episode, which is on next, which is on tap next here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Having said that, for the executive producer of our little program, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.